Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports with Mike and Jesse. On today's episode, we're going to talk about MLB free agency. We're going to talk about Edward Rogers and Masai Ujiri. And we'll also do our follow-up from our last episode about the Jack Eichel trade. Enjoy! Alright, we're back after uh, a few weeks off here, you know. Uh, life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, but we're back and... Uh, it's, Good to be it's, back. It's the proper time because now we have MLB free agency to talk about. This is perfect. we got MLB free agency, NBA's going on right now, NFL's going on. That's right. And Great time of year. One of the things that like I kept on thinking during this whole MLB free agency is, is how... They're actually signing deals now because they're trying to get in before, before the, the, the CBA. CBA expires. Yeah, you know, but it, it's where, forcing their hand. Yes, it, in the previous years, like you wouldn't get any signings till like February, and yeah. then you had like JD Martinez signing a one-year deal. That's who I was going to mention. You, that you was know, the first like, guy that came to mind. Yeah. So this is actually quite uh, quite something. So I think we're just going to we got a list here. We're going to kind of just talk about how we thought about certain ones of the big guys. We're not going to go through every one. Um, Right off the hop, Corey Seager signing a 10-year, was that, $325 million deal with the Rangers. And Marcus Semien signing a 7-year, $175 million deal with the Rangers. The Rangers did say that they were going to spend money. They, yeah, like that, they, they are wanted, doing that. They wanted to get stars to fill up their park. Yeah. My question with that is, from Simeon's standpoint, did he not keep on saying at the end of the season that he wanted to go back to being a shortstop? So he signed with a team where they went and signed another shortstop. I think there's a lot of room for. Uh, I, I think they're they're comfortable put, playing Seager at third as well. I think they're going to basically classify these guys as like infielders right now, oh, like okay. kind of like left side infielders. Gotcha. Simeon will move around from shortstop. Okay, so to they second. they obviously would have talked to him about. this. I believe so. I don't. Yes. Uh, I don't have that on authority, but I think they're pretty comfortable with everything right now. Um, and I wish I was a Rangers fan because this is what I this is what I've been begging the Blue Jays to do for years now. Go out and spend some damn money. They spent some. Money money this they year did. they did i can't they be hard spent on them they some did. money some they did spend some money um good for Semyon. uh i i wish he would have came back to the jays but you know like how do you turn down seven years 175 million at 20 25 million, million annual year? yeah you, you can't turn that down i think it's just uh it's when the when the blue jays signed him to the one year 21 million dollar deal when we said on this podcast, I said, if people don't know who Simeon is, you're going to love this guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have him for one year and That's he is, yeah. is going to be absolutely gone. Yeah. And he bet on himself on the one-year deal and it totally paid off for him. Good, he he had an MVP type season. It is good, good for, him. for him. And a gold, a gold glover on top of that. A gold glover who could play shortstop, um, second base, and hit 40 home runs and 100 and some RBIs. Yeah. Like yeah. a beast. And and he got MVP votes, did yeah. he not? Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah. So good for the Rangers. Um, I love I love Corey Seager too. He was one that uh, that uh, came out like the Blue Jays' name was often mentioned in with with his name, and I always knew that was bullshit. There's no way they were gonna get a guy like that because they weren't gonna pay up. They they the Blue Jays brass would see that as not a not a good enough value for them. Yeah. They look for for these value deals. They're yeah. not just spending well, to get the best guy. And they got Kevin Biggio, and I think they still believe in him. Yeah. So I for better or for worse. For better or for worse, they're thinking they can like they're obviously gonna take a step back offensively, but maybe they're hoping defensively at second base they could be okay. Yeah. You know? Uh I also read rumors that they were talking to Chris Bryant. 
Oh yeah, uh, for third base. Yeah. Which if you got him at third, then that would that would fill the production of Semyon. You would think that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, I, so, I love that the see. Blue Jays are being um, grouped in in these talks. I hope they're yes. trying. I'm, I'm glad it's they've they've kind of moved off that stance they had with the previous era where they weren't signing anything more than four or five year <laughs> contracts or something like that. And Scott <laughs> Boris hated them and everything. Even yeah. even Boris has come around on them, kind of giving them backhanded compliments. From yeah, time to time. <laughs> he's like, oh, they're finally paying somebody those pricks. Yeah, he basically said, all my clients are the reason why they had such a good year, and uh, <laughs> they'll have to pay up if they want to get back to that nature. But at least they are. Uh, at he's least not, he's acknowledging them yes, as a franchise yes. now. He's not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. Uh, That's the most frustrating thing from a Blue Point uh, Blue Jays fan standpoint is that they're owned by Rogers. They could spend like the Yankees or the Dodgers or or whoever, but they listen, don't because they operate on their own budget. I see my cell bill every month. They can oh, they can afford it totally, and I don't pay much for my cell phone bill, but I know I'm overpaying. <laughs> I know they, that they could pay one of those salaries and just fees, like whatever yeah. roaming charges or something, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, next big one, Javier Baez uh, going to Detroit. Six years, $140 million, playing short. He played second base with the Cubs before, correct? Yeah. yeah. But he's and, just a phenomenal yeah, infielder and he, again, all around. Yeah, again, he's an infielder. Make, for the Mets, it makes sense. They just got Francisco Lindor, who's yeah. going to be their shortstop. So they're not going to want, like, Baez. Shortstop is the more premier position between short and second, right? Totally. So... Uh, the Mets are just making all kinds of moves. I don't know if it'll. Tr- I don't know if it'll transfer onto the field. I don't think it will because yeah. it's the Mets. Like yeah. I, it's kind of like um, in the NFL. It's kind of like the Cleveland Browns. Like it doesn't matter right. what you do. Like it's going to end in flames. And, like and just when you think they're about to do something, it just it, it will end in flames. Still, yeah. It, like the Mets are like that for me. The Browns are like that. Um, in the NBA, who would be like? I don't even know. I can't Charlotte. Even well, I don't think they've ever been there. <laughs> the Clippers. The Clippers are a team that, like, anytime they push, right. it, oh, always, I it see. always just, like, that. Yeah, I guess I mean? guess in this example, they have to have been good at one yeah, point. Yeah, at, at one point. Uh, and if you're looking at um, hockey, it would be, shoot. Here in Canada, it's always the Oilers because of McDavid. Yeah. You know, and they just never do anything. All this potential, but they can't um, actually close. I uh, Detroit, I guess, trying to try to get their rebuild kind of kickstarted. Here, I guess, yeah, I think, I think that's and that's great money to spend. Good for them. I think that's kind of all they got, though, right? Like, or oh, oh, they also added uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, but uh, yeah, From Boston, I mean, yeah, lefty. I, I I guess my thought on that is that team needs a lot of work. Yes, uh, they're 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 feisty. They beat the Blue Jays in a three game series at the end of last season. They are a feisty team, and they're in a winnable division. Like that division's not great. Right. The White Sox are the class of it, but the Indians are are reload are rebuilding. Are we calling them the Guardians now? Is that? Oh, the- I'm sorry, the yeah. Guardians. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Look out! Kick me off of this podcast. Yeah, we're gonna get a fine. God damn it! I don't really care for that Guardians logo. I don't know if you've seen it. It's not, it's, not great. It. Yeah. it's not great. It's like a, it, it's just basically an italicized G with like in the shape of like a ball yeah. with wings on it or some shit. I don't like, like I don't like that nickname myself. I don't really. I mean, it sounds very Marvelish, but uh, uh, I thought they I thought they should have gone with the Cleveland Spiders, which used to be their team name previous to the Indians. Spiders, yeah. yeah, and it would have like that historical. Uh, relevance to That it? seems like a weird name to have in the past. I don't know why it strikes right? me as strange, but it doesn't right? seem like they would be called the spiders in the past. Like, every 
every time I think of past teams, you're either named the Bears or the Tigers. Right. <laughs> like, all old teams are named the Tigers. Or the Dodgers. Yeah. The Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the uh, the Giants. Giants right. is a popular team. Yeah, that's you know, true. You got the... New the, York Giants. New York Brooklyn Giants of baseball. Yeah. Then you got the New York football Giants. Like, I'm just saying Brooklyn for everything. I don't even know anymore. Brooklyn. I'm just saying everything <laughs> just is throwing Brooklyn. throwing it out there. Uh, what did you think about Max Scherzer to uh, the Mets? Three years, $130 million with an opt-out, I think, after year two. With a player opt-out? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why he would, given the age he is now, uh, unless he just has a phenomenal season and he wants to, and he realizes the Mets are a garbage team and he yeah. wants to go somewhere else next year. But I don't know why you would opt out at that being, um, like I said, he's he's going to be 38 and that type of annual salary. is They're not going to throw that money at you forever. Like, he's a great pitcher. Yep. Great pitcher. But, like, at that age, you got to think that the wheels have got to fall off at some point. And he's hard on himself as a pitcher because of his delivery. He's yeah. He's it's it's a lot of torque. Well, it's a lot of yanking. In the playoffs, on his neck. he couldn't make a start because of a dead arm. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he's got a World Series. He's got Cy Youngs. He's awesome. Plural. He's awesome. So go get money, buddy. He's one of the best pitchers of our generation. Yep. And he's got two different color eyes, which is just sweet. <laughs> Good old genetics. Good for you. <laughs> uh, Robbie Ray signing with the Mariners. Five years, $115 million. This is not surprising, but it hurt a little bit, especially because I heard that the Blue Jays had offered them $110 million at one point. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Kevin uh, Gossman, who I'm very happy with, for that exact same $110 million. Yep. So... God, I hate to think that they lost out on Robbie Ray for $5 million, but it could have been a situation, too, where Robbie wasn't willing to make a decision at that point, and they said, we need to get someone before we lose out on everybody, yeah. and they went with Gosman, maybe. And so one thing uh, with Robbie Ray, at least, uh, this year, like Cy Young, great season, mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like it could be an outlier. Possibly. Like, there was a lot of things, like, like the advanced metrics showed that like things were just breaking his way this season yeah. a lot of times, and if he keeps that up, it might not break the same way going into the future. So, like that could have been playing in their heads, and that's and that I, to more. I to, hope not. I hope he does well for Seattle. I hope so too. But to that point, uh, you, you could be right because he's also a, he's a power pitcher, right? So he yeah. throws a high amount of pitches. Um, you know, if, even if you strike a guy on three straight pitches, throwing three pitches per yeah. bat is different than throwing one or two for exactly. Sure. So they can wear down, but he's a big, strong guy. So I think he'll be great. I, I was a big fan of his i liked him in toronto i don't have hard feelings that he left i think it's totally their choice same with simeon um and then toronto they re-signed uh jose barrios i love that seven move. years 131 million which and they already had him for one more for one more yeah right. so that kicks in in 2023 so he's a he's a real long-term solution for this yeah. team so that's great well he's young i think he's yeah. 26 i think is what uh, was said yeah and it's uh it's great to see uh I'm sorry, I was just he? looking that up here. Uh, it doesn't say. I think he's about 26 or 27. So, like, they're going to get him in his, you would think, his prime. 27. 27. But it's great to see someone who would have been highly sought after decide to stay. Forego that and stay with the Blue Jays. It's a, it's a positive sign. Uh, Kevin Gauss, Gaussman, am I Gaussman? saying that? Gaussman. Gaussman. I say Gaussman. Um, he signed five years, $110 million. So, you're looking at the Jays starting uh, rotation as uh, Berrios, Gaussman, uh, Ryu, Manoa, and Pearson probably is your fifth yeah. starter. Yeah, yeah, and that would be great if Nate Pearson could come into his own. That'd be a wonderful like uh, fifth starter, young guy who can develop into a real good player. Uh, Gossman is 
he's like a right-handed Robbie Ray, basically. He's got that high 90s fastball, but instead of that slider that Robbie Ray has, he's got a, a down-in-the-zone splitter change-up type of pitch. So he's he's a, he's a very he's almost the equivalent of Robbie Ray. Their numbers are very similar, similar type of pitcher. Um, his pants aren't as tight, but whatever, you know. You know, we'll have to live with it. Yeah. Uh, I do – He's Gaussman is a huge Roy Holiday fan. I heard that, yeah. And he's going to be wearing number 34. 34. Uh, which, which is what he wore with the Phillies. Right, so it's, it's retired by the Phillies, but 30, not by the Blue Jays. Yeah, and 32 is retired by the Jays, mm-hmm. which is what Holiday wore here. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. I kind of like that that little narrative uh, story that's going to go on. Uh, the, the, the thing now, after we've seen a few years with this management <coughs> group and the Blue Jays, I have a lot more faith now. Even when you lose a guy like Simeon and, and, and Robbie Ray, I have faith that they're going to make these smart little moves, you know, re-sign Berrios, get Gosman. Uh, I don't think they're done yet. I think there's still some moves I think they're make. looking for a bat. Um, and and they need an infielder for sure. They need a third baseman. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that was kind of a revolving door throughout the year. Yeah. And Biggio was playing third base for most of it, but now he's going to be playing second, uh, you would think. Right. Because Devin Travis is done. Yeah. We know this, right? I wonder about uh, Corey's brother, Kyle. I wonder if that might be an option for the Blue Jays at third base. Oh, well, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Not quite as... Uh, um, not quite as... Uh, what do you call it? He's not quite as big as, as Corey. He's not as flashy, I guess yeah. you would say, but uh, still... A good, well, playing good. in Seattle compared to playing in, with L.A. Totally. That'll do it. Yeah. Uh, big one for me, Stroman to the Cubs for three years, $71 million. Yeah, and uh, another guy who... Of course, we're Toronto-centric, so there's a lot of talk that there was a lot of questions whether he would fit back in in Toronto again. Yeah, I, I don't, never, I don't, I don't think he wanted to come back. To I didn't, honest. I don't think he wanted to. I don't think the fans were really that eager to get him back. So yeah. I, it's, uh, you know, good, good for him to go on to the Cubs. Um, yeah, another Texas John Gray, four years, fifty-six million. I think that's going to end in flames. Yeah, Colorado pitchers just mm-hmm. no, and no. This this whole thing for Texas could end in flames. Like I, oh they're, yeah, they're getting a bunch of uh, as much as I respect Simeon. I mean, they're getting a bunch of guys that you know, that good good history. But it's not gonna it doesn't necessarily mean if they don't have the pitching staff to do it, they're still not gonna win yeah. games. I think they just want they want star power to put butts in the seats because they just got that Globe Life Park is brand new. Yeah, or Sun Life Globe Life. I can't remember. I don't remember. I think I'm confusing it with the Brave Stadium because the Brave Stadium is called something life too. It's the ballpark in Arlington. Is what, is what we call it. <laughs> That's right. Except it's not. Um, Noah Syndergaard to the Angels. One year, $21 million. If he could find his form, that would help uh, Shohei Atani. Yeah. Could you imagine thinking that that guy would sign a one-year contract with the way right? his career started? Right? Yeah. But injuries will do that to you. Uh, so that, that was interesting. Just kind of flipping through here. Uh, James Paxton went to Boston one oh, year, ten yeah. million. That yeah. he's Canadian. Corey Kluber to the to the Rays one year, eight million dollars. Uh, I think he's washed. Yeah, Corey he's Kluber. he's not the he's not the Cy Young caliber that he was before. Could still be a good pitcher, but he's uh, yeah, you're right. He's not the same. Uh, and that's, that's really about it. The rest is just kind of that's the big ones for sure. Uh, Chris Taylor. It sounds like he's resigning with the Dodgers. Why wouldn't you? That's like a the, perfect uh, The Jays sounded like they were in on him. But, uh, They're you calling it Choctaw Stadium. I had not heard that. C-H-O-C-T-A-W Stadium. And maybe it could be a new naming rights this year. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Arlington, so. Texas. Globe Life Park. Former name was Globe Life Park. There so we they go. just changed it So uh, the Braves is Sun Life then is what it is. There you go. 
They should just call it Peach. It's Peach something or other. Peach Street Park? Peach Tree TV. That's right. That's right. Um, are they going on strike? It sure looks or like it. Or lockout. I, yeah. Whatever I, the case may be. I don't see how they're not. Like, it seems Do you inevitable. think... Do you think they're going to... What? Uh, or do you think they're... Are they going to miss regular season games? Because I think spring training games are going to get affected. But yeah. are they going to are they going to miss regular season games? I think they'll it'll go right up to it, there'll be a deadline eventually that they'll have to make if they want to play regular season, and then I think it'll get done in the eleventh hour of that time. Everything gotcha. happens when there's a deadline involved. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no uh, there's no motivation. There's to get no it urgency. Done. Yeah, it's like what, ah, we got time. What after seeing these contracts, what could the players possibly be asking for? So I've been reading a lot of articles on what. Basically, the big problem with baseball is that uh, the top guys, the top 2% or whatever, get paid their money. But there's a a period of almost eight years where they get get nothing. Right. Like, Vladdy Guerrero was getting nothing. Josh Donaldson was on one of those deals, too. When he had his MVP year, he was on one of those deals. And, like, it's it's peanuts. It's not... And I'm I'm talking, like, it's not... uh, It's like hockey money. It's less than hockey uh, money, right? Like it's it's less than that. We're like hockey and NFL and basketball. They have they have minimums. Mm-hmm. Baseball doesn't really have okay. like a set minimum. I could see that then. So the whole thing is is part of it is to uh, reduce service time to get to free agency. Okay. Uh, also reduce like the amount of times they can go to arbitration because like they can go to arbitration like three or four straight yeah. years or something crazy. Uh, and they're also trying to. Yeah, basically just raise the floor and make like, okay. like that makes give, sense. You then. know, give more money to to especially because teams like the Rays, even though they just signed Wander Franco for like yeah. seven years, two hundred ten. Shocking million, for that franchise to spend that type of money. Like the Rays they should, they should, but shocking. The Rays, I know. That's why I kept on thinking. I'm like, I'm like, did they mean to type the Yankees? Yeah. Like, did they? Did we? Did I misread this? Most of the time, when the Rays have a prospect that that's is that good, people start. Wondering where's he eventually yes. going to end up when they, they inevitably don't pay and him. And they usually deal him for like five new prospects yep. that'll that'll make them just as good. Yeah, you know. So the fact that they're paying the guy, but um, uh, their whole thing is is to start paying those guys uh, more, uh, reduce service time, also to pay the minor leaguers more because I guess they get like like just mm-hmm. jack shit. And like they're paying out of pocket to play, really, and like that's not great. Well, that's yeah, that's I, I, that makes a lot of sense then. And, and now that you mentioned that, I do remember. Like I believe when Josh Donaldson had his MVP season, I think he was on like a a weird deal. Like it was like a I want to say four or nine. I can't remember. Both both those numbers stick out, but it was really low. Yeah, for a guy putting up those numbers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, MLB very much is is you pay for what you've. We pay you for what you've done, what you're not going to do. We're going to take advantage of you being cheap. Yeah. Like being being cheap for the teams, right? Yeah. So they're looking at that. Uh, The owners are obviously going to push for a cap. (laughs) Good luck. You know. I don't even think all the owners want that. I think some of the owners... Like, do you think the Yankees want a cap? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no, no. But they... Or, like, maybe maybe the the compromise is a salary floor. Because that's a big problem. Because they do yeah. have a luxury tax, right? Right. Yeah. But there's no floor. Like the Pittsburgh Pirates could spend twenty million on a payroll, and the Yankees are spending two hundred million. Yeah. Like, like this, this is insane. God, talk about an organization that should be put down. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a disaster. Right. right? I, I hate. I hate. I hate them because 
because I feel bad for people in Pittsburgh. Like, it's a great sports town. They got a lot going for them. Why is the baseball team const- con- consistently not trying? It, that's exactly it. It's it's not like they just have had bad luck. They're not passes. trying to be they good. They are not trying to be good. No. And they get their profit-sharing check every year. And they're, yeah, and they're, they're happy. They're yeah. happy. This is good. And then, and then they develop these great players like uh, Jacob Stalling, uh, the catcher. Amazing catcher. Just won a gold glove for them. They just traded him. Yeah, exactly. To the Marlins, right? <laughs> yeah, and people are like, where's To the going? Marlins of all people. They're the ones that, that, that build up to tear down, you yeah. know? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, and especially uh, Pittsburgh now because... I'm sure you heard that uh, Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle are sending selling their the Penguins to the Fenway Sports Group. Right, and and Mario's still going to be involved, though. Yeah, right? he's gonna, yeah. I think he's going to be more of a uh, what do they call it? like a Amba- ambassador. ambassador. Thank yeah. you. Because um, like you can't not have him there, but no. good for Mario. I don't know what his ownership share was, but the reason he was an owner, yeah, was because Pittsburgh Penguins owed him money. I'm, I think he made out good on this. And deal. he said, like, instead of you paying me the money because they're bankrupt, give me ownership of the team. Yeah. And whatever. And now they just sold the team for $900 million. I really hope he made yeah. his money back plus. Oh, I think he did you know? very well on that deal. Uh, but my, my point is, is that the Penguins now, they've got the Fenway Sports Group that I know that the NHL is a cap world, but they're going to spend to the cap every single year. Totally. Uh, and the Steelers will do the same thing, yep. and the Pirates are like, eh, yeah. you know. Beautiful freaking stadium that they can attract so many people to. I know. If they, had, if they had a somewhat competitive team, just be mediocre. Yes. People would come and watch them. And you're in a winnable division, too. They should sell that team. They definitely should sell that team. That's they a really joke. should. They really should. Uh, okay, let's transition to this news came out at the end of September. Are we talking about the Masai Jury? Masai yeah. Jury and Edward Rogers. It was certain there was rumblings. Yeah. Um, and basically, Masai's contract was coming up, and Edward Rogers, who's one of um, who's the dad? What's the dad's name? I can't remember. Um, Roger Rogers. <laughs> Raj. <laughs> they called him Raj. They just called him Raj. Yeah. That's not right. We're going with it. So Raj, his son Edward, uh, because Raj had I guess passed away, or he's not he's not in it anymore. Um. Edward Rogers did not want to sign a contract extension for Masai Ujiri. He said that he wasn't worth the money and that he was arrogant. And it came from, they had a meeting. So everyone in the Rogers organization, which is also like, there's Rogers and there's Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Like it's all like this conglomerate. Bell, they're all kind of mixed. Everyone was like, yes, we've got to keep keep Masai. And then Rogers got, like Edward, he got this, this... Stick up his ass. Yeah. He's like, oh, 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 I got to meet this guy before we're give, we're signing him to a contract. So he had a meeting, and basically he just asked like Masai, like, like what what leads you to be qualified for this? Basically, <laughs> so Masai's like telling all his like, he's bragging, yeah, because that's what you do in a job that's interview. What you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sell yourself, yeah. And Edward Rogers didn't take that as like, holy shit, this guy's really good. He took this as fuck, this guy's arrogant. And I'm just like, what did Edward Rogers expect for the answer on a, when you're talking to a guy who just did what he did? Like, I think his work speaks for itself. It really does. That was infuriating to hear this story. So the Raptors team value was $405 million in 2013. Okay. That was the first year that, uh, that was when Masai was hired. Yeah. 2021, at the beginning of the NBA season, it, they were worth $2.15 Billion. That's with a B. Yeah. Uh, and that is four times the value. And that is because of Masai. I'm no mathematician here. Yeah. That seems like that... 
that, I, that seems like old Edward uh, uh, Rogers' son yeah. should should you know know that that's a good thing. Yeah, Edward, uh, do you know how your salary is getting paid, sir? Yeah. Uh, it's probably because of the Raptors. <laughs> well, uh, quite frankly, he's like I have no idea how yeah. my salary is getting paid. I haven't run out of money in the, eighty years. The way I took this, like yeah. this news and reading it, is this sounded like a spoiled brat of a child yeah. that just thought he knew everything. And out of touch. Clearly out of touch. And out of touch. And saying, like, why do we have to pay an exec that much money? Yeah. That was fright. When I heard that, that was frightening because I'm like, oh, my God. They could have lost a guy who around all of basketball is known as one of the top executives in in the whole game. Do you not think James Dolan, the Knicks have been lusting after him? They would give him ownership in that franchise. Yes. They would have backed up 16 Brinks trucks and being like, bring it, guy. Yeah. Come to us. And you know what? If I was Masai after Edward pulled that little job there, I would have been pretty tempted to say, you know what? Maybe I will go to New York. So back in 2015... Edward Rogers wanted... This is just a side story. Edward Rogers wanted to fire J-CEO Paul Beeston and hire Ken Williams from the White Sox as president. Williams at the time... (laughs) I remember that, actually. Williams at the time was their GM. Yeah. He called Jerry Reinsdorf, who let Beeston know because they're friends. (laughs) This shows you how out of touch Edward Rogers is. He doesn't know who the fuck he's talking to. (laughs) Reinsdorf would have been the owner of the White Sox. Yes, And, yeah, yeah, clearly, Paul Beeston's well-connected in baseball. He's been around forever. So he calls him up, and he's like, hey, like, they're looking to move on from you, dude. So Beeston just quit. He's like, no, screw you guys. And, like, there was egg on Rogers' face. And it was just... That just shows what... um, like how out of touch this this guy is, and what I took from this is is like I don't even know who the hell this Edward Rogers guy is, but stay out of the sports world, man. You know you know jack shit. I never heard of him until this story. Yeah, and I'm always nervous about anyone like uh, like uh, any of those execs from Bell or MLSC. Like I'm always nervous about any of those guys sticking their nose in there too much and and ruining things when they're going well. But uh, it was I was glad to see that cooler heads prevailed on this one because that would have been a, an absolute disaster. I mean, uh, the way Edward Rogers made it sound is like, oh, anyone could basically do yeah. what you're doing, and that's a huge, that's a big time no. Like yeah. not everyone can do it at all. These guys have it locked in as far as um, developing guys in the G League, uh, finding value in 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 lower draft picks like a Siakam and an uh, Ananobi and all that stuff. And Ananobi was a first round, but he, he slid a lot in the draft yeah. because of his knee injuries in college. And it turned out he's actually a pretty good player and they got a good deal on that. So uh, yeah, not anyone can do it. And that's from Masai's leadership. Like I know exactly. Webster is the GM, yeah. but he learned from Masai. It all flows through Masai. And Masai was the architect that was, that traded Carmelo for that hall yeah. in Denver. Yeah. That like kind of sunk the Knicks, but allowed Denver to be a playoff contender for many years. You know, and, and do you remember how that was taken? They're like, "Oh my God, you're trading Carmelo Anthony. How can that be a positive for the Nuggets?" And it worked out great. Yeah. Do you remember the first big move he made when he came to the Raptors? He traded Rudy Gay. That's right. And that was widely it, people who knew knew that was a good move. But to outsiders, like even myself, I'm like, "Why are you trading the best player on the team? That can't be good." Turned out it was. Great. Best and, thing could have happened to them. And he talked about trading Kyle Lowry, which it didn't happen. Didn't but happen. He had talked yep. about that. Yep. So I, I mean, yeah. Hey, he traded Andrea Bargnani to the to the Knicks for like yeah. whatever. It didn't matter. Just got him off the team. God, and that, that was a, amazing. that's a blast from the past that I don't want to relive. Uh, Primo but, pasta and sauce. Remember when he was the spokesperson yes, for Primo pasta and that's sauce? Right. But he didn't have a great grasp of the English language. <laughs> and I think those are the three words they taught him: Primo pasta and sauce. <laughs> 
Michael Grange reports that uh, Masai's contract is 50, approximately $15 million a year for five years. That's peanuts for what this guy could be making. They're worth $2.15 billion, right? Like, and, and like we were saying before, if he went to the Knicks, there was a lot of you know reputable people saying the Knicks were straight up willing to offer him a share in that franchise. And, mm-hmm. and that is one of the most, you know, the fact that they haven't won means nothing to their value. They're one of the most valuable sports franchises ever. Just because of their name and their location. They're top top five in the NBA. For sure. Yeah. I bet you they're probably top like 20 in the world, even including like soccer and football and stuff like that. Yeah, like, they got to be up like, there. Like they would be up there, right? I mean, they're not as big as a, you know, a whatever, Juventus, Real Madrid, any of those guys, Man U, Yankees, that type of thing. But they're way up there still. All right. Let's, uh, last topic of the day. Uh, we had talked last podcast about the Flames training for Jack Eichel. Yeah. And we'd gone through everything. And then the day after we dropped our podcast, uh, the trade happened. And it was the Sabres traded Jack Eichel and a 2023 third-round pick to the Golden Knights, of course. Right. For Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a 2022 first, and a 2023 third. Uh, And that 2022 first is top 10 protected. Um, It sounded like Kevin Adams used... Um, Kevin, Kevin Weeks. Weeks to get Vegas to up their offer. And Tree Living was pissed. Which is hilarious because that relates back to the last story. The reason that we found that last story is because it was on Kevin Weeks's Twitter. Yes. And, and I went to Kevin Weeks's Twitter to see what he was rumoring the Flames would need to give up in order to get Eichel. Yeah. Which turned out to be a complete fabrication. Like he got played or he was in on it or something. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at what the the Knights gave up, and I'm not like I'm not saying anything bad about Alex Tuck or no. anything, but like they were requiring a whole lot more from the Flames yes. than they got that from the Golden Knights, and I'm just talking in draft capital, totally. And that the deal that they ended up doing for Eichel that makes sense. The one that we were talking about a couple weeks ago or four weeks ago. That, that, that's that a huge was overpay. huge. That, that was a huge, huge overpay. And we were, I know myself, I was like, man, should they do it? Maybe they should do it. Yeah, I'm like, like you, you had to convince yourself. and uh, But yeah, it happened the day after. Um, to me, I was kind of underwhelmed with what the Sabres got back. Mm-hmm. But I think they just had to move on. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Alex Tuck was hurt. Right. So they didn't even get a useful member of their squad. I think he's going to be playing this weekend or something. But they're also a big fan of Krebs. I'm pretty sure he was a huge part of this trade as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, because that was so funny because we were talking about whether it was worth it or not. And then we and then it finds out that uh, Kevin Adams was just using the Flames as a tool to yes. basically get Vegas up their offer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Brad Living was not so happy about that. I would be curious to see what the Flames would have, were, were offering, because you know they were talking to yeah. him. Uh, and obviously Kachuk wasn't part of it, but I no. wonder what they were offering. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm, I'm sure Monaghan was part of it. And I think once they started going, well, we need more than Monaghan, and they started talking about Kachuk, and I think that's where it died. I, don't, yeah. I, think, I think we as fans, I know myself, I was considering the idea of moving on from Kachuk, I don't think anyone in the organization has been. Basically, yeah. on, on what's come out after, it seems like nobody in the organization is is interested in moving on from him. Um, good on the Golden Knights. Uh, I love their aggressiveness. They want yeah. stars. They understand that... They know what they are. They know it, where they are. It's not just about playing hockey. You're also... In, in Vegas, you're competing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of entertainment uh, things down there, so you're competing for dollars. Yeah. And to you got to field a team 
not just a competitive team, you got to field a team with stars. For sure. And, so, when, and when you got a lot of those season tickets are owned by casinos who are just going to give them away to big yep. spenders, though you want those people to be entertained. You don't want to send yes. them to see a shitty product. Yes, exactly. And you want them to, like, when when they get caught tickets, be like, you're going to go see Jack Eichel. You're, you're going to go see Mark Stone. You're yeah. going to go see Petrangelo. Like, you're seeing the best of the best. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, that first year with, with the expansion draft, like, great story but like they knew that like we still had to add star power to this team yeah you know? they couldn't make that a one-off because of, of where they were they couldn't just have a great first season and then regress back and regress they need back to keep and, pushing. and build up like with a prospect pool like mm-hmm. vegas seattle has that option they can yeah vegas does not yeah and yeah. it looks like seattle will do that they're gonna do the slow build yeah uh vegas just caught lightning in a bottle the, the they way really that, did. that happened with them. they really did yeah um i wanted to talk to you uh, your certain Twitter wars with uh, writers, baseball writers? Uh, yeah, only stupid ones, but yeah, why not? <laughs> I get so sick of these guys. They're all like butthurt about Aaron Rodgers. Still like, get over it, oh, man. Yes, get over yes. it. Yes, they. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the is the bane of media. Yeah, is for what sure. he is yeah. uh, because he doesn't. Um, I think he's. I think to be honest, he's mean to them. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> they get mad about it. Yeah, because he makes them. You know, he kind of. Plays him a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, it, but this specific example is because someone was complaining about one of the uh, website that Aaron Rodgers started with one of his partners or something, and it's just it was Mike Petrello was the guy that you're talking about, and it's just I just like just get over it, man. Like yeah. like why why well, he gotta be mad? He was mad because they're just um, they're just copy and pasting headlines or right. whatever. Yeah. Which in my head I'm like, doesn't all new sites do that? I'm like, like I'm pretty sure I can go to CBS, ESPN. <laughs> And yeah. all these guys, and it's like the same freaking kind of what people do, yeah, yeah. So whatever. Okay, uh, it's all a lot of these guys too. In this, after uh, after Aaron did his thing on McAfee, you saw all these writers and people coming out of the woodwork saying what a terrible person he is. Blah blah blah. I I swear this all relates back to Trump. These guys were so Trump was living rent free in these guys' heads for four years, and you never heard them stop talking about it. Jason Lackenfor in the NBA is a perfect example of a guy who cannot get Trump out of his head to now where if you follow him on Twitter, you would be shocked to know he's an NFL insider. You would think he's a Democrat political pundit. Like his profile picture is him and Joe Biden. Like it's, it's fine. That's fine. If that's what you want to do, but you are an NFL insider. So maybe post some stuff about NFL more than just whatever thing Biden did that you think is great. Yeah. Like they're all kind of the same, right? Like what's the difference between Trump and Biden other than Biden's more polite. Like there's no difference to our everyday life. Right. Yeah. So that's that's. I just see them getting hung up on these guys, and it's just they have to be angry at something. So I take shots at them well, constantly. With, with Rogers too, uh, like they're making fun of him for the Joe Rogan because he was he said sure. he, he was asking Joe Rogan, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, Doctor Rogan. I'm yeah. like, he he didn't ask him about his like like vaccination. Like he asked him like because Rogan had COVID. Yeah. Like, what you did while you had COVID? Exactly. But I guess like they took that as like he, like that was the the advice he's going to like it right. was just like okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they took the funniest part of the last few weeks is that they were saying that uh, like his toe was messed up, yeah. and they said that was a a side effect of COVID. <laughs> COVID. So he, fu- he he fucking takes off his shoe in a yeah. press conference. He's yeah. like, as you can see here, this one's fractured. And I'm just like, what the hell? And did you see someone took a picture of him with his foot up, and then yeah. he changed his Twitter profile picture to that yeah. picture? Yeah. And, <laughs> 
And uh, oh, he's also got the other one where he gets he got hit on the field and and his chin strap was on his nose yeah. and he was looking all crazy. He's got that too. <laughs> like Rogers just like loves playing with the fucking media. It's amazing. He's having like the time of his life right now. Yeah. When you know he a lot of people would think he should be feeling the stress, he should be feeling the pressure. He's not. He's having the time of his life. He's playing still at a high level. His team is very good. He's in total control of his future. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of loving life right yep. now, right? Yeah, and it just uh, and it drives the left wing media crazy because <laughs> they're all left wing in sports in North America. I don't know anyone that's central. <laughs> I mean, God forbid, right? If you're right, they'll just banish you like they did to Kurt Schilling. But I don't even know anyone that's central. It's like you have to be a left wing advocate just to get on the sports radio in North America. It's a joke. All right, there you have it. Mike's starting wars with our Twitter feed, so that's good. Uh, keep, keep, keep. Uh, follow us at uh, <laughs> follow us if you want to chime in. Yeah, at, at Sporty Rants, um, uh, because Mike will Mike will go after some guy. It'll be good every week. And you can tell me why I'm right or wrong. I love criticism as well. That's right. That's right. It's it make it maybe make it constructive. I don't know. Well, and be ready to get it back. Cause... There, there is a lot of negativity out there. There's, there's not as much. Uh, there's a lot of criticism, but not a lot of constructive criticism. That's true. There. I and you know what? I try to. I tr- I really try to leave politics off of this account in general because it really is supposed to be sports and fun. But the odd time, I will have to take down a sports writer. <laughs> And there you have it. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks. It'll be the December fifteenth, just before Christmas there, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll have some more stuff to talk about. I'm sure more crazy stuff will happen in the sports world. I'll start a fight with Jason yeah, Lackenfora if, if we don't get anything going in the next week. Yeah. Then Mike will just start a Twitter fight with Jason Lackenfora, and we'll go we'll go from there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> have a good one, everybody. See ya. <laughs>